Amen. Thank you. Turn around and say hello to someone, and then please be seated. Please be seated. All right. Fantastic. Want to say hello today to our folks that are tuned in from uh, oh hospitals, military, uh, beds of affliction. Um, like to say hello today to Gabe. And Gabe's story thus far, it's been a difficult trip, but uh, looking positively like he's going to get to go home any anytime soon, we hope. But I want everybody on three to say hello, Gabe. One, two, three. Hello, Gabe. I don't think you heard you. One, two, three. Hello, Gabe. All right. Did you hear that time? All right. He's nodding. Okay. And smiling. Amen. Amen. And Charles Toro, flown into the States to uh, get on the mend, and he's getting better. And Lord willing, very soon he's going to get to go home for further recuperation. So Charles, let's everybody say hello, Charles. One, two, three. Hello, Charles. How are you doing? Amen. God bless you. And uh, one, one more, just one more. I know there are a lot of folks out there watching. But uh, Virginia Drain, who is so faithful, whether she's 100%, I don't know if she's, I mean, she's 150% attitude-wise. But I don't think she's ever 100% physically. And she sits right back there and loves the Lord, loves the Bible, loves her preacher and preacher's wife, loves the church, loves all of you, and she couldn't make it today on the bed of affliction. We want to say hello to Virginia on three, one, two, three. Hello, Virginia. God bless you, sister. Amen. Amen. God has been so good to us as a church. We've been seeing all the needs met. Going to talk about it tomorrow night with the faithful men. We have a virtual faithful men's meeting at 7.30. Faithful men, if you haven't seen Tyler about hooking up on this and getting connected. I want you to. We're going to go over uh, the last quarter's finances and where we are, and we're going to reiterate what our policy, our plans, as much as we know them. We, we have not shut from day one our doors. Uh, we're going to continue to remain open, Lord willing. We're going to stay healthy, Lord willing, and uh, get the job done for Jesus. But as far as expanding uh, further than keeping the main thing the main thing and having live stream services and having our, our everyday IT connections with you, we, we have to wait on some green lights. And I'm going to reiterate that to the faithful men again. People may be getting anxious. Some people slow, some people fast, people have different speeds. I have to, I've got the most difficult job. I have to discern what God's speed is. And that, that doesn't always match up with everybody's opinion. And so we're going to be talking about that and hopefully everybody be satisfied I'm satisfied with the Lord Jesus how about you we need to be satisfied with him and his will amen so tomorrow night 730 guys hook up with us and everyday folks uh, from six o'clock on we've got from the shepherd to the sheep today was and is our 400th broadcast 400th broadcast brother Tyler did we ever imagine this when we started out no, we did not. I want to thank you in the best possible way for your suggestion. It's good. How many of you have been blessed and have grown because of the IT ministry of this church? Amen. Well, where would we be without that? We got that connection. That's good. Get other people to subscribe. Get them, get them online with us. But from the beginning, God has supplied our needs financially. You've been praying. You've been giving. God bless you. In addition to our regular giving, which would be our 
tithes, plural, and our uh, faith promise offerings. You can see the updated uh, three-month total back there on the back board. You've been keeping up your giving. God bless you. We, in addition to that, not included in that, are the now eight projects that we've been engaged in since we started with COVID way back when. And uh, so it's been a positive motivation for people to give. Our current project number eight is the African Church Building. Brother Jerry Daniels, we're partnering with him, his family. Been out there on the field for many years and has uh, planted many, many churches. And this one requires $9,000. God's got all of that. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Come on. I have great faith in the Lord. He's never let us down. He never let you down, sir, ma'am. He's never let you down. And he's not going to let this little African congregation down. They're going to get their building. They're going to get it on time. But Jerry had a broken leg. 18 months it didn't heal out there trying to serve God. A bad disc trying to serve God. Now, missionaries like that are rare. They're a blessing. They're few and far between. Willing to go not just the extra mile, but to go it in pain. In pain. Makes us all look kind of puny compared. There's a man of God. There's a family of God. There's a missionary that wants to do the work of God. And uh, his fundraiser here on the field, he couldn't take time away to make phone calls. I know what that's all about. Uh, I'm the home church preacher that made, I don't know how many thousand phone calls for Europe Popchenko when he was in the States the last time. I know what that is. He's got a man out in Idaho. Called me three weeks ago. Told me about the need. I said, call me back. He called back and said, not one church gave one penny. Not even his supporting churches toward the building. I said, let me pray about it. Got off the phone, talked to my father. He whispered in my soul. He said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Preacher, there's only one way I can interpret that. We need to give $9,000. need to get it done. Say, so how are we going to do it? How's this congregation that's partially back and partially home and partially well and partially sick, how are they going to do it? Well, God's not partially here and partially there. And God's not partially rich and partially poor. God's got it all. I believe it. If you don't get anything else out of this today, if you don't get a word of the message, I want you to get the introduction, all right? And that is, have faith in God. I'll tell you what faith in God is. When, when a widow woman says, I'll give my stimulus check. Now, a preacher didn't ask anybody to do that. I'm just thrilled when they do that. And y'all went out and bought your big whatever flashy thing with it. Get the uh, economy going, supposedly. That's, that's real faith. I think about that widow who cast two mites in. And Jesus said, she gave more than anybody else. Because she gave it all. What I'm speaking to you about now is the faith life that walks it out every day. Walks it out every day. Whether by life or by death, I belong to the Lord. Amen? For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We're not here for accumulation. No, 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 no. And we're not here for recreation. And we're not here for, it doesn't rhyme, recognition. But we are here for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. 
I want to thank you so much. You that are involved with the Bible Institute, I know some of you may get weary with uh, this preacher and his texting. My texting is not designed to be the... Uh, uh, how many plagues were there in Egypt? Come on, how many plagues in Egypt? Come on. Say it out loud. <laughs> You're not going to say it. This is not, when I text you, is not the 11th plague. All right? Nor is it the 11th commandment. It is, it is just to keep everybody apprised and on top of things. We have got Bible Institute graduation coming up. And you've got time to start from scratch in two months and get it done. 12 to 15 hours listening. There are people across this country going to be doing that. And you can join them if you'd like to. I'd like to encourage you. If you don't know how to go online and, uh, and to facilitate that, it's the 1500 series. You go on to, and you tap playlist and you scroll down to the 1500 series. And you watch those six sessions, two to three hours each. 12 to 15 hours, you got it, you got it done. And you will understand why Abraham was called a friend of God. And I want to be a friend of God. I want to be known that way. So I hope you'll do that. We've just got so many blessings. I'm thankful for what God is doing through you. You got here not entirely on your own. God provided some wonderful people in your life, and one of them was named Mom. Now maybe you didn't have a mom. You might have had a grandma or an aunt. Maybe Dad was your mom. I don't know. But by next week, we're going to be honoring Mom, all the moms. I want you to fill this place up and to tell everybody to tune in. And let's talk about moms and why God provides us with moms. Such an important provision and blessing, our moms. And you want to be that kind of mom. So I hope we'll have a big crowd and you'll bring somebody's mom with you. And we're going to give something to every lady that's on site, 18 years of age and, and older. We'll give something that you'll be so glad that you came to get. You say, I know what it is. I know what you gave out for the last umpteen years. Nope, this is different. So you've got to come and find out. This is different, right, sweetie? Chosen with love for people we love, people who love their kids, all right? So, amen. All right, so you come on, be here on Mother's Day next Sunday. Do something special for mom in the meantime. And uh, then coming up in the month of May, we'll have a couple of military honors days. Armed Forces on the 16th honor all the military that are serving. And Memorial Day, those that have given the ultimate sacrifice on the 30th, uh, that Sunday before Memorial Day the 31st. Don't forget, in June, a lot of great things going on. Father's Day on the 20th, and uh, honors and promotions the morning of the 27th, and, and then we have our Bible Institute graduation that night of the 27th. Uh, we'll be telling you more as more becomes uh, known to us. If you don't have a bulletin, get one. A lot of great things inside this bulletin. You can scroll down electronically and tap on and get a digital copy. Uh, you see all those hands folded on the front of that bulletin. And so this is in honor of faithfulness. Not just faithful men, but faithful men, faithful women, faithful teens, faithful boys, faithful girls. People who embody the quality of spiritual faithfulness. This is about faithfulness today. And... There's a promise connected with that faithfulness. The promise is, shall abound with blessings. And who here can't agree with that statement? That if you are faithful, God's not going to be debtor to anybody. 
I believe in the law of sowing and reaping. I believe that uh, given it shall be given. I believe God has given us all of that. You say, but, but, but what about sickness? What about death? Everybody's going to get sick sometime in their life. Everybody's going to die. Why? Because there's sickness and death as a result of this being a sin-cursed world. Unless the rapture occurs, the mortality rate for everybody in, in, in view right now, everybody is going to experience this same experience. It's one out of one. That's it. You can't determine what that circumstance is going to be, how you're going to go. You can talk about it. You can say, well, I sure would like to go like preacher's dad went, you know, at, at home, in bed, at peace. Yeah, that would be a wonderful way to go, but not all of us will go that way. I personally am going to be caught up in a whirlwind to heaven in a flaming bus, church bus. That's a joke. Just to help you smile a little bit. All right. The biblical truth of faithfulness resulting in blessings uh, applies not only to individuals, but to couples, to families, uh, to uh, ministries, to churches like ours, to businesses, to nations. Faithfulness is very, very, very important. Uh, Dr. Tom Malone, my friend, writes in our bulletin. Just take a look at it. About, about deception and destruction that comes from bad leadership. Satan himself is religious, and yet he's going to deceive millions into being eternally lost. You've got to be born again. And so we proclaim once again, our number one mission is to save this old world from a burning hell, if we possibly can. We have uh, also a wonderful story here, when a fly acted as a missionary. That's amazing. And the fly was a missionary when Whitfield was preaching and the guy was trying to was stop his ear so he wouldn't have to listen to the message of salvation. The fly kept bothering him, so when he unplugged, he heard just enough to come under conviction. The man got saved. So these are some great things I want you uh, to get and to share with other people. And uh, as we talk about faithfulness, we recognize just how rare and how special Faithful individuals, faithful Christians, faithful couples, faithful to one another, faithful marriages, faithful, faithful uh, boys and girls and teenagers and young adults and faithful families and faithful businesses and ministries and churches and faithful nations, just how rare they are. Would you turn with me for a couple of introductory verses, first of all, to Psalm 12 and verse number 1. Psalm 12 and verse number 1. David is writing, he says, Help, Lord, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. Ceaseth may not be the easiest English word to pronounce. Ceaseth. Wow. But they, they uh, these words do express the quandary that we're in. And that is, even though we would like to be faithful... We look around, and other people aren't so faithful. And so somebody says, well, if he's not going to be faithful on the job and carry his end of the load, why should I work so hard? Good question. Why should we? Let me give you the answer. The Lord. The Lord is faithful. His people are supposed to be faithful. If you get hired, and you're hired to be faithful, and you're hired to give you know, uh, equal amount of work for the wages that you're receiving, instead of laughing it off and, 
and taking extra breaks and, and uh, uh, slacking off and, and not doing your part, that's, that's not a joke. That's sinful. Are you listening to me? Kids, if you've been assigned your work and you don't do your best, that's a sin. It's a sin. You say, oh, but I homeschool. It's even worse because now you're disobeying your parents. That's two things you did wrong. We need to always do our best. When Brad, our son, our older son, was just a little tyke and he was in preschool uh, and uh, was going to the, to the, whatever they called that, I forget the word, Kitty College with a K. How cute. Kitty College. He would always say to his teacher, Miss Branham, I do my very best. I do my very best. And Brad has grown up with that. Our sons have grown up with a good work ethic. Brett is, uh, is rising in his employment there in California. But he's got a problem. And he's got very few places he can vent. He doesn't vent, but he shares with us the fact that not everybody who works with him carries their end of the load. And so guess who gets to do the extra work? And do you know why our sons work hard? Because they've been trained up in that, of course. And they realize that they answer to God for how they work. You and I answer to God what kind of students we are. You and I answer to God what kind of church members we are. You don't answer to the preacher. You don't answer to some other person you're going to see at church. You answer to God. I answer to God for what kind of pastor I am. I know in some churches, they vote on the pastor every year. And with fear and trembling, he steps back and he says, Go ahead and vote. Give it to me. And people get a chance to exercise their carnality. That's what it is, isn't it? That's it, man. God didn't call a preacher to be, to be a hireling. God called a preacher to be His man. Amen. Not the people's man, but His man. It doesn't mean we make everybody unhappy, but so be it. So, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, David says. The godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. One of the songs that we sing around here is a song written by Howard Goodman, the founder of the Happy Goodman family. And believe it or not, <laughs> the Happy Goodmans got at least one, several songs into the hymnal. So praise the Lord. You stick around long enough, sing enough times, and your, your song might become a hymn. Mine, mine might even. You never know. Might make it into a hymnal. I'll probably be in heaven looking down. All right. But he's got a talkie. He's got a, he's got a, a recitation that's based on some other things that I've read previously, but it goes like this. Under his song, I Don't Regret a Mile, he's, now he's talking over the music while they're oohing and on. I've dreamed many a dream that's never come true, and I've seen many of them vanish at dawn, but I've realized enough of my dreams, thank God, to make me want to keep dreaming on. And I've gotten up out of bed many times in the midnight hour to pray a prayer that seemed no answer would come to, though I waited patient and long, but answers have come to enough of those prayers to make me keep praying on. And then he says this, And I've trusted many a friend that's failed me and left me to weep alone. Ah, but I've found enough of these friends to be true blue to make me keep trusting on. Whether you have a short or long list of friends that are true blue, I, I got to tell you right now, the Lord is enough. The Lord Jesus Christ is enough to keep us trusting, to keep us going on, to keep us faithful. I don't regret a mile. Don't you give in just because others don't carry their end of the load. Don't you give in 
just because other people are not trustworthy. Don't you say, oh, well, I might as well be unfaithful. No, there is no excuse because we answer to God. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 6. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 6 where it says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Sounds like Peter writing his own resume. Lord, I'll, I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. Boy, did he eat those words. He did, didn't he? In the 21st, 21st chapter of John, he met up with Jesus on the shore and had three questions posed to him. Same question. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? From the one he had denied, from the one that he had shown anything but respect and love and faithfulness to. The faithful man, the godly man, cease. Most men proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man, who can find? A rhetorical question. I'll tell you who's faithful. Jesus is faithful. And all those who allow Jesus to live through their life. That's who's faithful. She can be faithful to me and I can be faithful to her. Husband and wife, we can be faithful to one another if we let Jesus live out of our life. We can be faithful at our job if we let Jesus work through our hands and be part of that job experience. We can be faithful in our home, at work, at play, at school, out in the marketplace, wherever we are. We can be faithful if we allow Jesus to have His way. So it's not just males, M-A-L-E-S, when it says a faithful man. It's all faithful mankind. Men, women, boys, girls, couples, families, churches, ministries, Everyone. Faithfulness is just such a rare, rare quality. And yet, we have the book of Proverbs written to us, written to us by inspiration by a young King Solomon. And I want you to remember that he ascended the throne of his father David when he was 20 years of age. Anybody here 20? Anybody 20? Anybody wish you were still 20? <laughs> Problem is not that you wish you were 20. I'm going to tell you. The problem is that we start acting like we're 20 sometimes. Aren't you glad for the maturity that's come since 20? That's come, there's a lot of wear and tear on these old bodies, but praise the Lord. He was 20 when he became king over this powerful, this mighty nation that was God's chosen people. And he said, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so what did he ask for? 1 Kings, let's go back there. 1 Kings chapter 3. This is not the message, it's all preparatory. 1 Kings chapter 3. Say, preacher, you're the only guy we know that can give a 20-minute introduction and a 5-minute message. Alright, if it works, praise the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and the Lord said... And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth. Isn't it great to have a parent like that? And in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. Now, was David perfect? No. Was his example flawless and sinless? No. But what Solomon saw in David was a pattern of good works. And everybody here ought to ask God for a pattern of good works. If I, I can go home to be with God... People say, he, well, he demonstrated a pattern of good works. I don't need anybody to get up here and talk about me after I'm gone 
in glowing terms. Just say, he let Jesus live through his life. And he had a pattern of good works. And then everybody knows already, it's obvious, I'm not perfect, I'm a sinner, saved by grace. All right, so he walked in truth and righteousness, uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. What was David's blessing according to that verse? We've talked about abundant blessings being poured out. What was David's blessing? His son got to sit on the throne. Let me give you another name. King Saul. Did his son get to sit on the throne? No. Why? Because he was not upright. Because he was not faithful. Because he wasn't like David. God had to go find David, a man after his own heart, to sit on the throne after Saul. Saul's own son, Jonathan, though he was not a bad guy himself, didn't get to sit on the throne. In fact, Jonathan died along with his dad in that battle because his dad had taken that family and that family name so low. Listen, what a blessing to have your children follow, to have a godly legacy, to have people say, I just want to serve Jesus. I just want to make Jesus happy. I just want to serve Him all the days of my life. Doesn't matter how much money I got in my pocket or in my bank account, how famous my name might be. I, I don't have to have it up in lights. I don't have to have it on the lips of everybody. I don't have to be the latest celebrity with 15 seconds or 15 minutes of fame. It doesn't make any difference to me if anybody but the Lord knows about me. But I want to please my Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to live for my Jesus. When you raise up youngsters like that, and they come and they get to follow you, that's an abundant blessing. The Bible talks about having your quiver full. Man, I want my quiver full. You folks got your quiver full, some of you. You got lots of kids, lots of grandkids. You want all of them to meet God someday, don't you, as Lord and Savior, not just as judge. You want them to live for Jesus now and make a mark in this world and touch the lives of other people. And I may not, I may not touch anybody's life in such a great way that anybody writes a book or a song about it. It's okay, I've written enough songs to take care of it. It's all right. I don't plan to write any songs about myself anytime soon. All right. So, there he is, verse 7, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father in his place, and I am but a little child. What a great outlook this man had. He's 20 plus years of age, and he says, by comparison with what I got to be, I'm a child. And you know what? I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, or 100 years of age. When it comes to doing God's will, we are but a child by contrast with what we need to be and what we can be only if we allow Him to have His way with us. There it is. So he says, I know not how to go out or come in. I, I don't understand what it's going to take to, to be the leader of this great nation that you've placed me over. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. That's why... When David counted them, he was told not to do that, and it was a great sin. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. There it is, verse number 9. What did he ask for? An understanding heart. Did he get one? Yes, he did. Was he potentially the wisest man who ever lived? Yes, he was. Did he always employ that wisdom? No, he didn't. We can read the sad epitaph in Ecclesiastes. But at least... He had that resource to draw from. An understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech please the Lord. When we finish with our prayer, may the speech please the Lord. When we finish communing with God, 
May Jesus be happy. You know what I want? When I get up off my knees, most people want to be smiling because they know they got what they asked for. But there's somebody else who ought to be smiling. I ought to make Jesus smile with our prayers. Lord, whatever you've got to take away from me, whatever you've got to remove from me. Whoa, wait a minute, I don't want to pray that way. Lord, whatever it takes. I want my family to be saved. I want to be with God. Lord, whatever it takes, I want my, my work to prosper so that you'll be glorified, so that your work will go forward, so that you'll have the honor and the glory and the credit and the praise. So God made Solomon the wisest king ever. Wisdom is just this. It's seeing this world and all that's in it through God's eyes. May we receive Christ as Savior. May we lead our families this way. May we have a desire to be faithful, to have, because of the Lord Jesus, that quality of faithfulness in obeying the Word of God and doing what He wants us to. The whole purpose of the book of Proverbs, let's turn over there, since we're going to be in it for the next five minutes, okay, here we go. Proverbs chapter 1. The introduction to it is the first Nine verses, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion, being able to weigh things out. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Here's the purpose, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and the dark sayings. And then the result is, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. We'll see that next week. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. And then the next verse says, separate from those that would entice you and draw you into sinful activity. All right. We have the purpose of Proverbs given to us here. And that is when we are still moldable, when we are still what the Bible calls simple, not complex. The basics of that which will be the, the tools, the mechanics of our life are being developed, being formed. So many subjects are covered in Proverbs. How can you possibly know God's answers for all the challenges of our life? So many are there. Yes, there are. But there is only one God... And there is only one plan for us, and that is for us to let Him work through us. We don't do it on our own. We don't do it independently of His guidance. Oh, the text that we read when we first began is where we return. We come back full circle. Proverbs 28 and verse 20. Faithful man shall abound with blessings. There it is. That it, there it is. Now, in in the chapter alone, we have the following. Uh, we have covered from the poor to the rich, from the commoners to the princes, from the law keepers to the law forsakers, from the wicked and evil to the, to the, uh, to the princes, to, the, to the, the righteous rulers. We have perverse individuals and riotous men contrast with upright people. The stingy and the greedy and the covetous uh, along with those that are covetousness haters. Hmm. The happy-hearted, the hard-hearted, contrasted, hard workers, and the hungry and lazy people, and on, on, and on, and on. Now, there it is. There it is. 
We understand about faithfulness. We understand about how it is the key to all of this. We're going to become what God wants us to become as we are able to apply truth. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And what we have to do, here's the one switch we've got to, we've got to uh, switch on. And that switch is to allow the Lord to have His way. Lord of my life, guide me. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. Live through my actions. Uh, Lord, I, even want, I want your attitudes. I don't want my attitude to show. So often, you know, we may do what's right, but we still have a bad attitude about it. No, we need, to, we need to follow the Lord. And as it says prior to this, back seven verses, verse 13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. May God speak to our hearts today about this. I, I've searched the Bible, read it through. Brother who watches all of our services, let me know he's read the Bible through many times. He read it entirely through cover to cover in the last 31 days. It takes about 70, 80 hours to read the Bible through. That's taking it in. A couple hours a day, two, three hours a day, read the Bible through. Take it in, absorb. You can't help but be affected by the Word of God. Think about that. We need to have that kind of desire to get into the Word. Then we would learn. What are some things we would learn about this blessing business? God's got an enrichment plan. You know what that is? I see it again and again and again and again and again. Uh, the Gaither Vocal Band sings this song, I'm rich in faith and hope and love. Amen. And you say, that's, that's a catchy little tune. It's a scriptural little tune. Wish I'd written it. Actually, Kevin Spencer wrote it. I wish I wrote it. But... Uh, it's sung by the Gaither Vocal Band, and it is absolutely biblically based. If you go, for example, to Colossians chapter 1. Let's go there. We could, we could take nearly uh, every book. We could, we could be on a long tour if we did. But here we go. Colossians chapter 1. And uh, he says in verse number 3, Colossians 1.3, We give thanks to God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith, Say it, faith, faith in Christ Jesus, and of love, of the love, say love, which ye have to all the saints, for the hope, say hope, hope, which is laid up for you in heaven, wherever ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So there we have the three. That's an oft-repeated theme. We have faith, hope, and love. There it is, okay? You know faith, hope, and charity in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The greatest of these is charity. That's agape love. Hey, jump down to Verse number 9 in Colossians 1. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. There's a lot of terminology there, but let me bring the verbiage down and say, the Lord wants to fill us till we overflow and are abundant and included in that abundance are all the blessings. The great blessing is to know the Lord and to follow Him and to be used by Him and then to have our kids come along and our grandkids come along and they come to know Jesus and they come to allow Him to be Lord of their life and they overflow with blessings and on and on and on. That's the plan. 
That's the program that God wants for us. His enrichment plan for faithfulness. I'm a student of terminology, linguistics, part of that. Linguistics, of course, includes meaning, but you go to etymology. Etymology, the origin of the word, where it came from, whether it was the, uh, the Middle English or the Old French or whatever it was. And with faithfulness, related to fidelity, fidelis in Latin and so forth, we, we understand that a person who is faithful is also a person who is full of faith. Got it? A faithful person is a person who is full of faith. That's it. Where do you get faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Get into the Word till the Word just fills us up, overflows on other people, and we will be more likely to be faithful if we're full of faith. There it is. Full of faith. Makes sense. Uh, in, included in this tour of Scripture, if you go to Philippians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we find the theme of, of, of faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and charity. Again, and again, and again, and again. And this thing begins to get more real to us. It's always real. It is genuine. The Bible is not made up. And it's not totally subjective. But my confidence, confidence, the hope that I have, my confidence is increased the more I see how it all fits together. This is how the Lord wants me to be. This is where the Lord wants me to yield. This is how the Lord wants me to lead my family. This is how the Lord wants me to be a faithful worker or a faithful employer or a faithful church member, church attender, a supporter of the work of God. We need to think rightly. A.W. Tozer wrote quite a bit about that. Oswald Chambers, these are among my favorite authors outside of the Word of God. But A.W. Tozer said the key is thinking about the Lord being there all the time. The Lord doesn't come and go. The Lord wasn't here at one time and now He's gone, taken off to some far corner of the universe. But He's with us all the time. And He's in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit, and working through us to touch the lives of other people. When... Joshua, it's the passing of Moses. Joshua, my servant, is dead. The Lord said, excuse me, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. The Lord said to Joshua, and Joshua conveyed that to the people. You see, God was saying, Joshua, I'm going to be with you like I was with Moses. I'm going to help you through. I'm going to help you so that you can say things like, um, like, be strong and of a good courage. Who said that? Well, Moses said it, and then Joshua said it. Be strong and of a good courage. Hmm. Hmm. And, uh, and uh, what else? What else? When you get to the end of your journey, Joshua, you'll stand up and you'll say, you got a choice to make. I made a choice way back yonder. I made a choice not to serve the gods on the other side. I didn't serve the gods of the Amorites or the Hittites or the Hivites or the Jebusites or the Parasites. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't serve them. I served the one true God. And then he says this. Here it is. It's legacy. That's a word. Legacy. He said, as for me, 
and for my house we will serve the Lord. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's it. Nothing had changed simply because Moses had died. God didn't die. The calling's the same. The equipping's the same. The means is the same. The resources are the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. We must be people of integrity, honesty, faithful, leading others by example so people can see how a Christian is. That's what we've got to do. Sometimes you've got to do the tough thing. A lot of people don't like the memory of, weren't big fans of Ted Williams. I think probably you were. Boston, played for Boston. He was 40 years old, closing out his career. He had back problems. He could hardly bend over, let alone play baseball, but he batted just 254 with 10 home runs, far below his average output. And so when they came to offer him the contract for his 41st birthday, they offered him the highest salary in baseball at the time, which was then $125,000. That was a lot of money in those days. He sent the contract back unsigned and he said, unless you take the maximum out that you are allowed to, I will not play for you. Because I'm going to carry my end of the load. Now, you don't have to like Ted Williams or the Boston Red Sox. By the way, he would have broken Babe Ruth's and Hank Aaron's ultimate records if he hadn't played in Boston where you got that green monster you can't get the ball out of the park. That's a fact. For any baseball fans, you know what I'm talking about. He'd have broke all the records. And you might not have liked him, but he was an honest man, a man of integrity. He said, if I'm not going to carry my end of the load, you're not going to pay me for it. That's not right. You know what a lot of people would have done now? They would have said, I'd take the money and go. There's a bunch of them playing sports right now that are just as dishonest as I just described. There's some good ones and there's some crooks. They don't carry their end of the load. That's it. I'm going to tell you about a famous preacher and I'm done. Back in the days when you get on a trolley to go from here to there, this man who pastored a great London church got on a trolley, gave the man his money to ride the trolley. The man gave him too much back, too much change. pastor didn't know it at first. He went and he sat down. He started counting that money. And of course... He's human. There are some Baptists who would say, Ah, the Lord provided. The Lord gave me too much change. You ever go through the line and get too much money? And you go back and you give them money and they're so shocked and what a testimony it is. But he's looking at that change and he's thinking, You know, I'm a preacher. I, I, I don't have much. And maybe this is... The, no, that's wrong. That's the devil talking. When he got time for him to get off, he went up and he said, He gave me too much change. And the man looked up at him and said, I know. He said, I did on purpose. He said, until this moment, I was an unbeliever. I was in your church. I was sitting on such and such a row. I was listening to you. And I decided I would test you. And I gave you too much back to see what you would do. Don't we feel convicted? Don't we feel small? Honesty, integrity, 
that legacy that we're leaving behind. So important. May God help us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Nobody looking. How many today would say, Preacher, something in that message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. Amen. In just a moment, we'll extend the invitation. If you feel like you need to come, I want you to come from where you are. Have a word of prayer. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for others. Uh, won't you come as individuals, couples, families, and have a word of prayer right down here. Also, let me say right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, there's only one way to heaven. That's Jesus Christ. If you've been saved, that's wonderful. If you know you're on your way to heaven because you've received Christ, I want you to raise your hand up high right now. I know I'm saved. Saved the Bible way. Glad you're going to heaven. Amen. Put your hand down. If you haven't been saved, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray right now from your heart to God? Pray something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. Swelling tide.